You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets brought to you by CBDMD. January is important in setting the tone for the new year. And in 2021, that has never been more true. Luckily, our good friends at CBDMD are here to give you the support you need to conquer your New Year's resolutions and make this year your best one yet. I might have to make one up just so I can take CBDMD. And if those resolutions happen to involve fitness, they've got a brand new topical product that'll help you keep moving all year long. CBD Relief with Lidocaine fuses CBDMD's hybrid broad spectrum formula with fast acting lidocaine to help provide temporary relief for minor aches and pains. And with the new bag on valve spray technology, relief can be applied comfortably at any angle, even upside down. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all our listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from none other than CBDMD. Reminder that we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, and you can subscribe to the pods on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Not we got an interesting day today and an interesting couple of days, not only for the Charlotte Hornets, but for the NBA as a whole. COVID-19 is infiltrating the association like it hasn't. Man, I mean, it did in college football a ton. You saw a ton of programs that were affected. But you could maybe see how the NBA, if they followed tight protocols, how they would be least affected. Now, maybe when you're talking about playing inside the arenas, it's not an outdoor sport. You are, you know, if one person gets affected because the locker rooms are smaller, maybe you're affecting more. I, I don't know how to go all about that. But the NBA, they're getting affected right now by COVID-19. So much to the point where the Charlotte Hornets game is affected tonight. They were originally scheduled and they're still, by the way, as of this recording, we're recording at noon. So as of this recording, the Dallas Mavericks and Charlotte Hornets game is on tonight with tip being set for 7 p.m., but it didn't really look like that was going to happen uh, yesterday. Talking with Rick Bennell on the wake-up call earlier today, Rick said he would have guessed it to be about a 30% chance that this game actually happens as originally scheduled. Today, he said he probably feels that that's going to happen at about a 70% chance, so much more improved. And I would feel even better about that. I feel like the NBA is highly motivated to get this done, especially with a Atlanta and Phoenix game that was just recently postponed. Yeah. So that's another one. Um, you know, here's the situation, not a, the, the teams, NBA teams must have a minimum of eight players on the active roster to play. The Mavs have 12 available right now, assuming there are no additional injury or illness issues between now and the 7 p.m. tip off again in just about seven hours as of this recording. Plenty of things can happen because COVID-19 is just crazy like that. So we'll see. But it does look like this game is going to happen tonight. Before we break down, I want to focus on that in the second segment, yeah. just the kind of actual basketball between these two teams. We can do that in the second segment. But as far as COVID-19, how it affects the Charlotte Hornets and just the overall NBA, what are your thoughts right now on uh, on the NBA playing in the pandemic and what's going on currently? First things first. I think the NBA, for all intents and purposes, 
has done the best that they can. Have there been rules that probably should have been from the jump something that they've adopted recently? Yes, they have. I also start to think that these rules and everything that's going on with the NBA and COVID-19, this is only going to work as well as the NBA players believe that they can they can actually be affected. Their careers can actually be affected. The problem is I'm not certain that players are actually taking this as serious as everybody else. Take a look at Aaron Gordon, who just tweeted like an hour before we recorded this, that, hey, I wish there was a Bahamas bubble where we could take wives and girlfriends, this, that, and the third, in reaction to the new rules. I, like, again, granted, a Bahama (laughs) bubble sounds great to me as long as, like, David Locke and everybody else pays me and you to go cover it. Because we can, can, like, work from distance, right? We can work from, Mm -hmm. we can do our day jobs from, like, the Bahamas and everything else like that, right? That sounds like a good thing. That sounds like a good plan. It it does. It does sound like a good plan. Here's the thing, Nada. You know, you mentioned that, and I agree and disagree all at the same time because I do agree with you. The fact that the NBA players aren't taking this seriously, but when you say they're not taking it as seriously as everybody else is, I just, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, right? Like that's kind of the situation we're all in. It's pandemic fatigue. And now we're seeing COVID numbers go to a crazy rate, something that we haven't seen before constantly. And the NBA players, they're human beings as well. And so if you don't have people outside the NBA, just whatever you deem regular people, you know, NBA can NBA players are like that too. And they're looking at the pandemic. And then you get comments, not only from Aaron Gordon, but like you get from George Hill who says, look, I'm a grown man. I'm going to do what I want. And if the pandemic is that dangerous, maybe we shouldn't be playing anyway. And you know what's funny is people are going to look at that comment, and I think rightfully so, be like, oh, man, he really don't care at all, does he? Like, yeah, he's a grown man. He can do whatever he wants. But also, then he hits you with a pretty good point at the end of that. Like, if it's so dangerous, then why are we playing? Then it's like, your word, Adam Silver. Now we all look to the bald man and be like, yeah, Adam, yeah. I mean, he looks kind of foolish at the first part of that sentence. What are you going to say to the second part of that? Yeah, but so it's like, and and of course, and of course, it's extremely financially detrimental to not play these games. And it's why I never thought the NBA was really going to go on a pause unless something dire was in need. And I always thought they were going to start to tighten the COVID-19 protocols. And that's what they've done. They've had some provisions. And among those provisions, they're telling players and staff to stay in their residences when not working for, quote, at least the next two weeks and when in home markets and they're prohibiting players from leaving hotel rooms on the road for non-work purposes. You know, there are some things that are just kind of common sense here that could possibly slow and mitigate the spread of COVID-19, but it's going to be really tough when you're not in a bubble. And by the way, we can get to that in a second, but it's going to be really tough when you're not in a bubble, Nada. And I'll just go ahead and send this to you. There's no way, there's no way you can go to a bubble for as long and I, for as long as a 72 game season would call for. And I know you've been a warrior of that on Twitter and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Like, are, are people serious? I mean, yeah, yes, they are. Yes, they I are. mean, no, of course you can't go to a bubble for a playoff scenario. Okay. Like maybe you could get it within that time frame, and they did. And players still were pretty mentally affected. You can't do that for 72 games. No, you can't do that for, again, you couldn't, we had coaches, how many people remember the Mike? I think people forgot the whole Mike Malone. I haven't seen my wife and kids in almost three months. Like, I think that part, 
like that was a very delirious vent, very mentally weary Mike Malone saying essentially, I am tired of being here and I want to see my family doing that. And that was like you said, that's only for two months. Imagine trying that for six. We would have people doing whatever to get whatever piece of illicit contraband. And I'm using contraband in a very <laughs> broad sense. Right. Yes, you now. are <laughs> like, yes, you are at this point. Like, I don't understand it. Like the biggest thing that I've said on Twitter, and I will continue to say this is point blank. If you are out there, you or your friend are out there and you're listening to the sound of my voice and you happen to sit here Oh, they need to do they need to do a bubble. You just tell that for friend friend or person or whomever it may be to go read the Taylor Rooks piece and that something that we covered months ago. Cause I think we even we spent like a segment or two on that, didn't we, Walker? Yeah, I mean, look, I know it was something that we at least discussed a little bit and I just, even if you didn't read it, which you're totally right, please go read that piece because it does illustrate exactly the kind of problems that players were dealing with. One, if you're going to come at me with, well, they made, you know, millions of dollars, it's their job, get out of my face all the way with that. But here's even my point, Nada, you're so right in telling people to go read that. My point is, even if you don't read it, are you really unable to put yourself in other people's shoes so much so that you're really trying to tell the NBA players to go into a bubble where they are away from family and friends for quite a while to the point where you're talking about like four or five months and you're think and you think that's okay, even without some of the illustrations from Taylor Rooks and other writers who wrote on that. You just can't do it. And then I mean, even that not I remember how heartwarming it was to see some of the players that would have their family introduce them walking out on the court and they'd be moved to tears. Because yeah. it had been a while since they'd seen him. And then you're talking about the Fred Van Vliet clip where he finally gets to see his kids. And, you know, it's that heartwarming clip where they're finally reunited after, like, I don't know how long time, two months or so, because the Raptors playing pretty deep into the playoffs. I mean, you know, th- there's a reason they're brought to that kind of emotion because it's tough. Yeah. And, and you're asking them to do it for 72 games. And and, and the reason why I feel like I, I'm, you know, and feel like this is so important because there's a ton of people that are calling for that. And I'm kind of shocked to see how many people are just being like, hey, imagine the NBA finding something that worked so well and not going back to it again. Are you serious? Like you're trying to make us sound stupid? No, you're the one that sounds stupid. No, it's, it's not even that at this point. It's legitimately... The fact that when the CBA negotiations for this season and going forward happened, there was a reason that the bubble was the first thing to go. There was a reason for that, guys. I wonder what that reason was because it wasn't sustainable on either side. And it's something that you brought up that made me think about this, Walker. And it's just the lack of empathy because at this point, I want people to think about we're asking people to go into a bubble for six months and basically say, entertain me, clown, while I'm stuck in my own personal bubble. Only I can leave when I want. I am not mandated to do this. And my money is not dependent on this. That is a very, very like that's a dicey proposition at best. And at the worst, I don't even want to point that out. What what it sounds like. You can figure that out for yourselves. 
All right, let's go to Bet Online AG before we get to the second segment. If you want to bet on NFL games this weekend, there's only one place that has you covered, and that's one place we trust betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code once again, locked on, L O C K E D O N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts let's actually talk about the game if it potentially happens what we can expect to see on the court it's the locked on hornets podcast. this is locked on hornets decoys all over the place they've got everybody down at the rim ball goes into biz they do like an xfl style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage except it's with Devonte graham he picks up a foul i don't care what you say nate mcmillan more like nate mcvillan get out of here quit whining about the officials you got plenty of calls the hornets got a call at the end of the game i thought it was fair hornets win it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and want more of those wins, you can listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Nada, let's talk a little round ball as it pertains to what goes on on the court. And if you'll remember, the first game that the Charlotte Hornets played against the Dallas Mavericks absolutely destroyed them in a way we did not expect whatsoever. You see the Hornets, they lose the first two games, and then they win the next two games. One against Brooklyn, when Kyrie Irving was still playing with the Nets, and Kevin Durant was still playing, still is playing, and looks excellent. And then they destroy the Dallas Mavericks on the road. Just absolutely blow them out. That scored actually a little closer than the game even indicated with the way that the Mavericks uh, came back. It was a 30-point lead at one point for the Charlotte Hornets. So we uh, had a good game already against Dallas here in Charlotte. And if you'll remember, this was LaMelo Ball's first really good game. I think this is the first one that everybody kind of paid attention to. Oh, goodness. This guy is starting to pick it up at a rapid rate with the way that he's playing. Seven of 10 from the field in this first game that LaMelo had against Dallas. I believe four of five from the perimeter. You saw the amount of assists. He's the leading rebounder on this team which is crazy. Like he's, he's, he's the leading rebounder on the Charlotte Hornets team, which is absolutely nuts. But this is the first taste of extremely good LaMelo that we got here. Nada. And uh, hopefully we get it tonight. If indeed they do play. Yeah, no, I think we're going to get another good session of good LaMelo ball. And honestly, at this point, I am, I would be surprised when he doesn't play well. I think that's the thing where I'm at with LaMelo ball. If he doesn't play well, then I'm surprised. He's getting to be one of those people that you kind of rely on to put up a decent performance. Now, granted, our level of different of good performance may be two different things. The fact that he's the leading rebounder for this team right now, and he's grabbed 14 boards yesterday, I expect him to crash the boards. I expect him to dish. I don't necessarily expect him to score. The thing is, he affects the way he affects the game right now is he doesn't need to score 20 points. It helps, but he doesn't necessarily need to do that. His shot doesn't need to be that. He doesn't need to be that guy to essentially 
make sure that they he puts them on the back. That's what Gordon Hayward's for. That's what a Terry Rozier is for. A lot of this different stuff, he's not necessarily needed for right now, and that's kind of okay for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the shooting percentage, you know, it, it's not great from field goal percentage. It's it's 41.3, but it's not god-awful. The three-point percentage overall is 35.3 as it stands right now. But you're right. It's the fact that he is affecting the game in other ways. And I think the biggest thing, Nada, more impressive than the rebounds, which it's been crazy. The last three games, he's given you 10, 12, and 14 from the Pelicans game on nuts the fact that he's your leading rebounder on this squad also he's giving you the assist he's averaging seven and a half this past month he's averaging six overall on the season um but even more impressive than that not he's not turning the ball over i that's yeah. that's the best thing about it and when you're discussing Devonte graham having such a good assist to turnover ratio well ever since that they got to january the first game was against the grizzlies in january Lamella Ball is averaging seven and a half assists per game, and he's averaging one point seven turnovers per game. Ridiculous! I mean, that's that's yeah. rapid improvement taking care of the basketball. And here's something I also want to talk about with Lamelo. It was a popular take, certainly at the beginning of the season. And if you have not been paying attention, you still might be spewing this take that Lamelo Ball is a lot of fun. He accumulates stats, but he doesn't affect winning. And I heard that phrase uttered a lot affect yeah affect winning and he doesn't do that and that's what everybody else was saying that's not true i that that's just not true and i don't even know if that was true even in the first couple of games that he wasn't scoring the basketball that much i mean the most turnovers in a game that he's had not he had three in the debut when he only played 16 minutes the debut was not good for Lamelo. there's no doubt about it that wasn't good for anybody no you're right that's that's very very true but then you continue on against okc he starts to play better and the most turnovers he's had in a game is three did it a couple more times but Lamelo ball affects winning i mean we had a guest on the wake-up call um last week maybe earlier this week that was discussing hey the charlotte hornets you know they're fun team here and there but i'm not sure exactly how much lamella ball affects winning that's not the case and and i'm not even going to kill people for that coming into the season i the things i was worried about was the shot you know it, it certainly looks like he has the ability to hit it now i mean he's he's got a pretty good percentage from deep I was worried about the boneheaded turnovers that he's going to have. I still think at the very beginning of the season, it looked like Lamella would drive in the paint. He'd be aggressive. He would jump and then like try to bail himself out. And there were just very, very close opportunities that he would just miss um, with some kind of errant pass. But you could see what he was going for and it got to be close. Now he's hitting on those. And that's what's nuts. Like five games later, he's hitting on those. I was expecting this to be uh, a, a thing you saw for the next two months, but it's like five games later, he's starting to hit on those passes. He's affecting winning nada. And any take that says he's not is just wrong at this moment. No, at this point, like I think there's a lot of people that have to eat their crow today about LaMelo ball and for what he was. And I think as we've mentioned before, a lot of people projected what Lonzo was going to be and failed miserably. And then other people projected that he was going to be overrated hype because of his father and didn't like him because of his father. At this point, this kid makes winning plays. This kid makes the right play. And most importantly, he's fitting right in. He's being a professional. We expected, like for some reason, we expected a 17-year-old kid to who was taking half-court shots and testing the limits of his abilities 
to not act like a 17-year-old kid because he was playing in Lithuania or he was playing in Ohio or he was playing essentially in um, Australia. Like the kid was just being a kid and we expect and we projected adulthood on him. And for a lot of this, like a lot of the LaMelo Ball stuff prior to him being a Charlotte Hornet, I was looking at a lot of this and made me rethink about how we talk about athletes. I hope that one day we do take a serious look about how we discussed LaMelo Ball and everything that was discussed about him and take a serious reflection on how we talk about athletes because on, on the real, it's starting to get a little creepy and it's starting to get to the point where it makes me very, very uncomfortable. Well, and, and even, and we'll get into that a little bit maybe here in the next segment, um, given a couple of stars and what's going on with them in the league. But speaking of LaMelo, like there were certain reasons to not love LaMelo Ball coming into the league that had nothing to do with his father. And it's the reasons I had. Look, I, I could not have cared less if I tried about LeVar because Lonzo had already shown it's not going to be a problem. I mean, it, the, the problem with Lonzo, it, you might have had problems with, with him in the bubble. Like maybe you thought that was real. He certainly got better when he went to New Orleans and the shot got better and his defense is fantastic and he still is a good passer. And so he hasn't been the second overall pick, but he's still pretty good basketball player. And so I like, I always thought that LaMelo certainly had that ability within him, but you could have some of these problems with him outside of LaVar. And I'm just glad that that's still proving to be true, right? Like I, I, we did get LaVar at the very beginning of the season saying that LaMelo should start pretty benign in my opinion. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't really care. Like, I mean, okay. He says it. LaMelo doesn't really comment on it. And so I, I I'm just, you're, you're seeing, I even said this coming in, not only is LaMelo Ball somebody that it's it's not going to be a problem, the the drama, the off-court stuff is not going to be a problem. He's actually going to thrive with this organization. He's going to be a great teammate rather than a bad one. And and, and that's proving to be true. I mean, you're you're seeing him benefit other players. You're seeing ben players benefit from him being the primary ball handler, setting up guys and, and getting them open looks. It's been awesome to watch what he's done so far this season. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with another segment um, on some of the other trending storylines in the NBA. But first, I'll talk to you guys about Built Bar because it got six new flavors added on to the 18 or the 12, I should say, original flavors. Uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, Cherry Barcia for the Barcia Bros. It's all great stuff. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And they're great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat. And each bar has plenty of grams of protein. Plus, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Houston Rockets having problems with James Harden, and James Harden is taking a flamethrower to his organization. We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar <laughs> of all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from, from uh, Catawba County. Put so, him on the Raider. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on the Locked on NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Locked on Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked on Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Subscribe to Locked on NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcast. On Locked on NBA, not I imagine a storyline they'll be talking about. It's going to be James Harden and his comments last night after yeah. Houston gets destroyed by the L.A. Lakers. If you have not seen this, James Harden, after that game, actually had some comments for the media choosing to speak. And James Harden mentions that he doesn't think this team is good enough, they don't have the right chemistry, and they just don't have enough talent to truly be a contender going forward. James Harden would also mention that he's done everything he can for this city, but he thinks the situation that he's currently in is not fixable. Then he says thanks, and he walks away from all of the mics and leaves us media members to talk about what he just said. So, Nada, you see this from James Harden. It's the first time I think we had seen him actually confirm a lot of the stuff that was being reported. He never denied it. We knew it was true. I mean, this isn't anything that is groundbreaking because we all knew there were problems with the organization and James Harden. But this is the first time that we've heard James Harden kind of confirm it himself. And he says all of that stuff to his teammates. He actively said to all of his teammates, you're not good enough. That would eventually lead to John Wall talking too, saying, yeah, it's it's nine games into the season. We've got plenty more ball left. And here's James Harden just not buying in. It's all me, me, me. And using a, a reference from the first five years that he was in the league with some of those Wizards teams. I mean, you got a mess in Houston right now with what James Harden said after that game against the Lakers. What do you make of that situation? That this situation has been untenable. And quite honestly, I put the blame of this at two or three people, one of whom is no longer in Houston in Daryl Morey because Daryl Morey helped create this environment to where you cater around your stars. And granted, I'm not going to call Houston a small market. It's more of a mid-market and closer to a large market than it would like to admit. They, again, Daryl Morey created this environment. Leslie Alexander, the owner before Tillman Fertitta took over, he helped create this environment. And Tillman Fertitta helped create this. And rather than move off of, and rather than move off of a guy like Harden and Westbrook at the same time, you knew you were going to take on some bad money. You knew you were going to have these problems. And instead of, Addressing them, what does he do? He decides, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to keep my star card because I'm going to have fans in the arena because, again, as we've talked about on this podcast before, Tillman Fertitta isn't broke, but he's not in the position to use his money as he would like to. And he would like to continually make money off the Rockets. And the only way to do that was to keep James Harden in town. Unfortunately for Tillman, like, the emperor has no clothes. The star has made it clear he doesn't want to be there. You should have moved off, and you didn't. And at this point in time right now, the only person that looks dumb is Tillman right now. Because well, John, because James Harden, like, unfortunately, like, and this is, what, this is my bigger problem with James Harden in all of this. And I'm not saying James Harden is blameless. But for a black GM, which is rare in the NBA, in Raphael Stone. 
And for a black head coach, first time head coach in Steven Silas, who has the Charlotte connections and is in a worse situation than the 2012 Bobcats, which I didn't think I was, which I didn't think was quite honestly very oh, wow. possible. Oh, wow. You yeah. went there, huh? Yes, I did. Yes, okay. I did. This is a worse situation. I'm a little shook to by have, it, but continue. To have this kind of situation and knowing the higher rate and the amount of black head coaches in the NBA that get hired it's slightly a better percentage in the NFL, which isn't saying much. No, it's not. If you're having these issues and you're doing this to a black head coach and you are essentially quitting on him before he even has a chance to say hello, here's what we're planning on doing. And you treated him with zero respect from the jump. I have zero respect for James Harden. I hope Houston ships him to the team that offers him the best package. I just hope that package is in Charlotte Walker. That's yeah. my only wish for <laughs> Yeah, so James Harden, going back to how all of the situation was created, you have James Harden who comes in and develops as this star immediately upon arriving in Houston. His first year, he averages over 25 points per game. And then once you get Mike D'Antoni in the mix, he says, James Harden's going to play point guard. We're going to run our offense through him. We're going to shoot a ton of threes. He's going to be a guy that even leads the league in assist at one point. And he becomes one of the biggest offenses, uh, offensive forces that we've ever seen in the NBA's history. So once you get to have one star in Houston, Daryl Morey is constantly looking for that second guy to put alongside James. They get Dwight Howard. It doesn't work out. It's easy. Dwight Howard is constantly creating all sorts of drama wherever he goes. So Dwight Howard is the scapegoat and you move on. Next, it becomes Chris Paul. Chris Paul and James Harden have the most success that we have seen from Houston since the uh, Clutch City teams and the two championship teams led by Hakeem. You get to a Western Conference Finals and you're so close to beating a Golden State Warriors team that actually had Kevin Durant healthy and Steph Curry healthy, not maybe not the peak of their powers, but damn close. And Houston eventually misses a million shots in a row. It doesn't work out both years that Chris Paul and James Harden are there. And eventually Chris Paul gets shipped out of town and you kind of go with both of them at that point, because James certainly seems like he's got some problems, but also we know what it is with Chris Paul tough to play with the guy. So demanding, so smart, yes. but tough to play with the guy in certain scenarios. So, okay, Chris here, then Russell Westbrook happens. You bring an old friend from James Harden. He starts to play with Houston. And then that situation at the end of the year gets too bad where Russell Westbrook wants out. Now you've got it with John wall, not where John wall, it, you, you actually are able to salvage something. When you trade Russell Westbrook, it it was the Spider-Man meme trade where Russell Westbrook and John Wall are pointing at each other because they're identical. They basically just switch old aging point guards, Washington and Houston. But instead, John Wall is actually playing really well and Houston got a first round pick. And so you actually had somewhat of a salvageable situation this year, even with Christian Wood, who is playing really well. And mm -hmm. James Harden still. James Harden still, despite maybe having a little bit better situation than you thought, he still is like, nope, this is not a good enough situation for me. I want out. Yeah, man, doesn't look good for James, especially when you look like Rick Ross out here balling. <laughs> no, it, exa exactly. Like, literally, you showed no respect to the game. You showed no respect. Like, the, the thing that bugs me the most, and I hate to take it there, is that James, James Harden is getting all the slander that Kyrie Irving probably sh that Kyrie Irving is taking right now. 
Like, unfortunately, like, and again, I'm not saying there shouldn't be room for both, but at this point in time, I can't imagine showing up out of shape and then nine games in saying, this isn't good enough for me. This, I, I'm out. I'm too good for this situation, even though I've cultivated cultivated it almost for the last decade. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I don't seem to understand. And that's the part where I'm not, again, maybe people don't care enough about Harden to be public enemy number one in a way that they make Kyrie out to be. But for right now, what James Harden is doing is infinitely worse, especially when he's taking 16 shots and only scoring 16 points and clearly looking like he doesn't give a bleep. Yeah. I mean, I think he doesn't think he I think he told you that after this game against L.A. I think he told you that he's just he's out. He wants out. And I mean, I I don't know what Houston's going to do. I know I, I heard Bobby Marks talk about this. If you're if you're Houston, I still think you're holding somewhat strong on you know not taking anything less on the dollar than what you were originally asking for at least right now to see if there are some teams that are asking out there but that might be it might be a situation it might be futile at this point just because you know if you're another team you know that the Houston Rockets don't have a ton of leverage and then and at this point if you're Houston my god like do you continue to throw him out there him not care that maybe only hurt his trade value where he even looks out of shape or do you want to not risk hurting him, kind of like what the Pelicans did with Anthony Davis when he made his trade demand? So you sit him out, but James Harden isn't putting enough work <laughs> to get in condition. And so he's not even playing even somewhat into condition with an NBA team. Like I, I'm not saying you have to overthink this completely. James Harden is still an incredible basketball player. But I just wonder, like, instead of 90 cent on the dollar, are you getting 75 cents on the dollar? And then are you getting 60 cents on the dollar? I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see what the Houston Rockets can do and what they can get from James Harden. Quick question before we go. Sure. Um, Where do you see him going? Because I don't see him going to Philly or Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is (laughs) if you're Brooklyn and you don't want to trade Kyrie, like you're not bringing James Harden and Kyrie on that team and Kevin Durant, are you? I, I, is that I don't think Kevin Durant wants that headache. Uh, I really don't. Whew. Yeah, I don't. Um, not, I don't know, man. I, I, I still think Philly probably is that answer, and it's all because Daryl Morey. Although, you know, I will say Daryl Morey got out, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think there are a couple of other reasons maybe he got out, but you, you, you have to wonder if, uh, if Daryl Morey is always going to be interested in James Harden. I'd still have Philly as the favorite. Maybe that's. Maybe that's kind of gone and should be away now, but I still think they're the favorite. Do you have a team in mind? I keep coming back to a team that, for some reason, I just see Orlando, like somewhere in the East where he doesn't want to yeah. be. Like, I don't think Miami's going to do it because I don't see any way that, again, a guy that out of shape, Pat Riley trades for. I don't see that. I don't see that working at all. I don't see Portland doing it. I don't see the Clippers or any either of the L.A. teams doing it. And also, if I'm really honest, I don't see Brooklyn doing it because I don't because also not only do we have the Bradley Beal stuff that's out there, but I just don't think Harden's the reason you beat the Lakers. I don't. I don't. I just 
Harden's not that type of guy that's going to be the last Infinity Gem so that you can win a title to me. So I think it's going to be one of these lower tier teams in the East that are willing to do anything to get into the dance. Yeah, and, and he'll and, do that alone. He'll he'll yes. get you there. And so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with them. Unhappy um, marriage for everybody involved. <laughs> it really has not worked out well. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to CBDMD for supporting the show. Thanks to you guys for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Again, really any show on the Lockdown podcast network have a great day hopefully we are uh, recapping a game tomorrow and we'll be back with you on thursday